What are you? Close your eyes. Unless you're driving. If you're driving, open your eyes. In fact, turn this off and just focus on the road for God's sakes. Ten and two. Everyone else, close your eyes and think. What are you? If you had to explain what this thing that you are is, what would you say? Are you your job? Are you your role in your family? Are you your hobbies, your faith, your failures? Are you your thoughts? Are you your feelings? Are you your grief? What are you? And what is everyone else? I am uncertain. And this is Stupid Human Suits. Yay. Our guest today is Katie O'Leary Logan. Katie is on a very short list here. Uh, two guests so far of stupid stupid human suits guests who uh, have the distinction of having grown up in a funeral home. She went on to study mortuary sciences and has been a funeral director for 20 years. And my God, you don't even know the half of it. Katie, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me on. Um, this So uh, I want to sort of jump right into this. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to grow up in a funeral home? Because, <laughs> you know, we immediately, I told our other guests this, I immediately imagined six feet under. Yeah. Um, right. And I don't know if that's totally yeah, what, representative. What did your friends think? Was it weird for them and you? No, because we were like the local neighborhood funeral home. So I think everyone was used to it. I, I mean, in my head, I thought it was normal because I was born there. Mm-hmm. But um so I was born there, I was raised there. My dad, you know, was the local funeral director and um, I, I we had roller skating parties uh, in the parking lot, which I thought was great. Oh, we that's thought, awesome. We had the biggest house in the neighborhood, so. Oh, because you needed the space for all the bodies. <laughs> right, well, yeah. Um, Cause we lived in like a, like a, you know, kind of a all row home area. So it's all small houses, so. Oh, okay. Um, but. We were, you know, we were told about the funeral business, um, but not like we weren't really, it didn't phase us or affect us. It was just, it was your normal part of your life. Yeah. That was just, wait, can I have a second? Oh, sure. Sure. I'm trying not to laugh because it's really funny. (laughs) In case we leave this in. Katie is taking a moment to deal with some of her kids. That's probably um, what normally happened at funerals. Did you hurt yourself? Kids were screaming upstairs. I'm sorry. And scream scream at us. Um, Please shut up because we're dancing. This is so bad. This is real life in your face, guys. This is awesome. (laughs) Katie is now sequestering one of the children. Quieter area of the home uh we should talk like we're like this I is just, a golf episode. i just gave them a jar of m and <laughs> oh that's great <laughs> yeah. um honestly i mean we would get screamed at we would come down in our diapers and like families would be making arrangements and we, uh, my nephew, the funniest story, he's like a big chubby kid, he's hysterical. He came down in his underwear and walked into a family while they were making arrangements and he said, he just looked at my uncle and was like, I need to talk to you. And he's this chubby little fat kid and the whole family just like 
laugh. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, it was just part of our life. My mom said I used to take naps on the kneeler, and then what's the kneeler? Like what you put in front of the casket. Oh, um, the oh, okay. And people kneel and pray at the body. Mm-hmm. So my mom did the hair and makeup, and um, they started from scratch. They built it when I was one, mm. and I moved in. And um, they were scared, <laughs> like you know, they they wouldn't be successful, but immediately. Um, Everything took off, and they were doing great. Have you ever? Did you guys ever have any weird uh, requests for body poses? Like, did you ever get like a trapeze artist or something, and they want to be, you know, the upside down in a bar with held by ropes <laughs> over a casket? No, but like the mayor asked if they, we could sit him up and put his hand out so he could shake everyone's hand. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. I just made that up. Oh well, that's we're still gonna, pretty awesome. We're gonna edit out you saying you made that up because I choose to believe that it's real. Did you? Uh, uh, actually, just uh, nuts and bolts. Like, if you did want to do that, how would you keep an arm? Like, how would you keep a body part or something positioned? Do you? I mean, do you? Do you have to nail it? You'd probably put like tons of cotton under the arm. You could try do it. Um, yeah. I'm gonna walk out of this room. I'm gonna go up on the third floor. There you go. I'm going to hide from my family. <laughs> I'll be right back. Eat the m <laughs> We're going to get you a ball pit. You can just throw the kids in the ball pit. Good luck getting out for a little bit. Um, They're finding me. They'll find me. <laughs> this is I'm my so favorite. Is there, is there a Are closet you that you can get to? Is this is my favorite space? thing. You should you build a panic room. Can't see, but she's like I'm carrying the laptop <laughs> to her house, so I'm getting the grand tour. Right <laughs> <now. Make laughs> We're doing this through Skype. We're just listening to her, but Megan, our producer, can see her, and she's Katie's just walking around with her laptop, trying to avoid the kids. There's so much Uh-oh. fun going on. Oh no! Here we go. We just had to. <laughs> <laughs> we're walking around naked. I'll be right there. Just find <laughs> you. I mean, we're talking to a mortician in a house packed with life. So yeah. it's. Well, that's. The, I mean, we. I. We are. We were a fun family. Like that. People couldn't believe. And I'm like blonde and crazy and <laughs> like to drink a lot. Yeah. So yeah. So how did you make the decision to go into the the family business? Um, because I know a lot of kids grow up and uh, what they're surrounded by, they want a complete change. Yeah, this is exactly what I was thinking of talking about. When I was 16, I was in high school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be a nurse and I was in the morgue with my mom and there was a body there with like blood all over it. And I thought to myself, my God, if this body came into the ER, I think I would be really nervous, but him laying there dead Mm. didn't scare me. So I was like thinking like, I don't know if I would be able to save them. I'd be scared, but I can handle this and then like cleaning them up and making them look good for the family. So now I'm out of breath from running up to the third. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that day I thought to myself, um, I can do this. I think I can do this, but there was never a girl funeral director in our family. It's very, um, oh, wow. male. It's not, I mean, I wouldn't say male chauvinist, but I would a <laughs> little bit of a boys club. Totally, and um, we're Irish Catholics, so like, my dad's old-fashioned, and he thinks men in suits should go in to take a body out of the house, and a woman, it doesn't look right, just very old-fashioned, which is nice. And we live in a neighborhood where like Italians go to Italians, the Irish go to the Irish. You cannot hide. Um, they're all in trouble. So then, anyway, that happened, and then like a couple summers later, we were on the beach, and. Um, 
<laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's just making me laugh. It's, this is my this is really delightful. Oh, good. I'm glad. This is already Sean's favorite episode. I I, I have not seen him laugh. This yeah, we we were just talking to a veterinarian about uh, putting animals to sleep. So this is like, <laughs> this is a delight. You nearly you nearly fell asleep. No, oh, no, no, no. I was yeah, just okay. almost right. crying for the last <laughs> half an hour. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, this is a sad story. So my dad's good friend um, got in a boat accident. He hit a sand, like a he hit a sand patch. Yeah. And his brother went flying into the front of the boat and died. Oh no. So he actually, you know, killed his own brother the day out. It was like Memorial Day weekend, <sighs> and, and they came to the beach to get my dad. And my dad went to the house in his um, bathing suit um, to make arrangements. And I thought to myself, like, what an honor. You just kill your brother and the first person that you think of is my dad. So I think um, it's just a very noble bit, like commendable that if you, in times of tragedy, like the O'Leary family is the first people you think of or Mm -hmm. the the other local funeral homes. My my husband's family is the Logans. I gotta give them a play. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to the other half. Yeah, even though we are competitors, but just kidding. So, um, no, but, you know, I just, it's, it actually is, it's something when somebody says, you know, somebody, their son dies and they think like, call the O'Leary's, you're like, wow. So. Yeah, that is, that is a, that is a heavy thing to take on for a family and to do it with class and, and smoothly for them in their darkest time. Yeah, because I don't know if anyone ever said this to you, but you really can't solicit it's like unethical to right. it's not like oh hey your mom has cancer here's my card <laughs> you know what I mean Take so you like meeting people at you just kind of get involved with the community my mom would bake a Jewish apple cake for every single solitary person family that died she was involved in everything oh. my dad was a volunteer fireman he was you know he, he went to Vietnam he was in the Kiwanis Club he was in, very involved with the church my yeah. pop-up built Holy Cross Church he raised 14 million for the church and build it in like the 60s so that's how you become just very community based Mm -hmm. so so my neighborhood's like very tied to the community and I mean things are very different now because of the economy and cremation but we still have a heavy heavy Catholic um, traditional area and you're in South Philly well my funeral home was in South Philly I I, I grew up on top of my dad's funeral home in Springfield, Pennsylvania, Delaware County Ah. and then 20 minutes um, away from from South Philly. So I worked there till I was 29 and I was like, you know, just the puppet between my dad and uncle, like always like working like an animal seven days a week and mm. partying like a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to get married. I am going to be um, a nut working for my parents and just whatever. So I said, I got to do something. So I quit and bought a funeral home on South Broad Street and it was all Italians and um, everyone's like, you'll never be able to do it. You'll never. <laughs> I begged Joe Leonetti. He was like in his 70s, old fashioned Italian guy with a wig on, you know, whole thing. Yeah. Looked like good fellas. And so I went down across from his big, big, like crazy Italian desk and very ornate and said, you know, he's like, you sound like a little kid. I'm like, well, I'm 29 and I run my desk, you know, home. <laughs> Sound like a little kid. <laughs> he said, and he thought like daddy was buying me my funeral home, but it was all me. It wasn't all me. I mean, he helped me a little bit. And then the banks were lending back then, luckily. Mm-hmm. 
So they lent me the money. It was a three three lots on Broad Street with a parking lot. So it was a good, you know, good lot of land, whatever. So Jolie and Eddie like me. He goes, let's go out to lunch. I was like, all right. So we went to the Melrose Diner, and I never was the kind of person to sit down for lunch. And I'm like, don't know what to get. And I got a grilled cheese. And he's like, let's get dessert. And I'm like, okay, chocolate ice cream. <laughs> and he's like, and you eat like a little kid too. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't go. I was like a nervous wreck. I'm kind of nervous right now too, but I was a nervous wreck. So we went to settlement and I bought it and it was great. So I named it Lee and Eddie O'Leary Funeral Home. My dad said I should keep the name, oh, which I did. And then that's really nice. Yeah. So that was a Wednesday. So I had met Dan, my husband now, and I was scared out of my mind because I took on a ginormous mortgage and I'm like, okay, if I yeah. never do one funeral, I'm totally screwed. So um, I had three funerals come in that weekend and wow. one was like a really large, um, uh, like a very popular family. And um, the so body wasn't of, large. What? Right. You just the family was big. It wasn't a large body. You mean? No, no. I had a couple <laughs> of them, but no, um, no, just like a very well-known. The son was a very well-known man. So it was a gigantic funeral. Mm. And then I ended up, I was good friends with a priest down there and his, um, unfortunately his 17 year old cousin died, um, suddenly and they called me for the funeral and everybody was up in arms that O'Leary got the funeral and taking the town. And, um, so, um, but I just took it very serious. Like I, I was just again, honored that I was getting these funerals yeah. and, um, paying my bills. Mm -hmm. So then it was great. And then two years later, a commercial realtor, came in and I ended up selling the building for a nice large profit, which was great. It was like an offer I couldn't refuse mm. and um, moved, moved down to Grasses. So then I was in with Grasses and then I was pregnant and had a baby, but I still was going down downtown and everything. So, Oof. so it all worked out. So you were pregnant <laughs> while you were pregnant, you were embalming and cleaning bodies. No, I, I'm a licensed funeral director, which means you have to do everything. But um, like my dad said, like, he, the way I was taught, like I was the front man because I was I was an O'Leary. Uh huh. I was more the director, and I was I would deal with the people. But when I bought my own, I mean, me and my mom dressed and did the hair and makeup and everything. But my husband did a lot of the um, embalming, and then I had a couple guys that would come in and do that for me. And I did do the removals once in a while, like in nursing homes oh, and stuff. Okay. But um, for the most part, I would hire men, and then I was like the front person, and I got involved as, as a basketball coach, and kind of did the same thing that I did in Delaware County. Um, so, so uh, I, I want to prepare people because your your story takes an intense turn, and uh, I want to get to this because it's I mm -hmm. just can't even get my head around it. But so you're, you've spent your whole life in funeral homes. Uh, you grew up in one, and then you're working in them. Now you've you got your own business that you've started. You're in South Philly married to another funeral director and you guys start a family and then this nightmare series of events starts to happen can you take us through what happened so um i bought a flower shop my husband opened a crematory and it makes sense you know funerals flowers mm -hmm. yeah. so i was trying to monopolize everything and um you know so dan was doing well we had a second baby Tess, um and she was 18 months old at the time and Joni was three and a half. And Joni was my um, first baby, so my best friend, cutest thing in the world. And um, we bought a house in Bryn Mawr right after we sold the funeral home. We fixed it up together, me and Joni. I brought her everywhere with me. Every contractor knew her. Everybody knew her. 
everyone knew her everywhere. She's like the little mayor of this street. And um, we fixed up all three floors of this house. And um, it turned out uh, we, we joined a pool. Um, May 28, 2011 was the first day there. And Dan went with the two girls. And I, I went later because I was working, of course. And um, I got there at 2. And I was ready to get to leave around 4. And I saw Dan run. And um, he, um, I, I, I flew off the chair. I was like three rows back talking to another mom. And um, Tess was in front of me. And I saw him run. And, um, and I ran. And he pulled um, Joni out of the pool and um, started screaming. Um, and I saw her face down. On and um, so they worked on her, and um, I knew she was dead at the pool, mm-hmm. and um, he didn't. So um, they put me in the cop car behind the ambulance, and I, um, my friend held me back from the cop car, and I was like an animal in my bathing suit, bleeding because my leg, I was kicking the concrete, and um, I'm kind of a nut. And I know the order of the paramedics when they don't keep you with the mother, that means bad. Right. Because the right. mother should stay with the kid to keep the kid calm. Mm-hmm. So when they didn't put me in the ambulance, I'm like, game over. So I was I was in the cop car, like felt like a caged animal. And I, I, I could like feel like my pop-up for some reason, St. Rita. And my girlfriend, Megan, was killed in a car accident. I was 23, my best friend. I was screaming to them three on the ride, like, give her back, give her back. Mm-hmm. And we get to the hospital and he's still like, you know, I'm screaming. The cop's like. I'm sorry, man, but what's your name and what's your address? I'm like, Daddy Logan, like screaming at the cop. He's like, very sorry. So I can't even imagine my behavior with all these people, but whatever. Um, so then we get to the hospital and uh, they put us in some room and then the doctor comes out and they, they said, we can't do anything more. So I just ran out the door and I ran in there and started pulling stuff off her. And they said, you know, you got to stop. Like they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Cause there was like 50 people in the room. So I laid there with her for, good five hours as everybody came and um immediately the two grandfathers my dad and his dad turned into funeral directors and were saying like i have a lot i have this and i'm like whoa like i'm a funeral director this is my daughter i'm in charge you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so then um it was very very crazy because there was like 15 funeral directors in our family my brother was standing there like so my my brother-in-law was saying we have a nice room in havertown this, that, and uh, me and my mom were looking at each other like, oh God, oh God, she's coming to my house. And I just wanted her to come to my mom's house. Mm-hmm. And then Billy Logan, my brother-in-law, said, well, you should have it at your house. So anyway, basically what I said, we fixed up three floors. I, this ends up being the Joni Logan funeral home, my house, which mm-hmm. it ended up being unique and beautiful. And I mean, people like talk about it like it was it's hard to say, but I, I was like treating it like it was her wedding and I turned into a nut. So anyway, the funeral goes on. I, I never thought it would end. I thought like, you know, we're going to just, so ended up drinking too much and I'm like, I got to move. So I got to get out of here. So, the, so after like six weeks of like the, the just hanging around, drinking people here all the time, I said, let's get out of here. The walls were closing in. My husband wouldn't leave the room. So we go to the shore by August. I found out I was pregnant. Fast forward, I have a baby in March, go to the shore. She was supposed to be this, you know, healing baby, whatever. She was great. I thought Joni was coming back to me. I thought she was going to come out of me three and a half years old and start talking to me. But so you can imagine I was a little crazy. And then um, 
she was just a baby. She was only six pounds. I was like, shit, can you curse on this now? Yeah. Um, yes, you can. Curse oh, all yeah, you want. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so Lizzie was born. So I named her, um, I wanted to name her Joni, but again, everybody was like, uh, Kate, <laughs> you don't want to do that. I'm like, well, I, well, I do. I, I actually do. But um, we named her Elizabeth Jones. So Joan was Joan Elizabeth, and then we did Elizabeth Jones. So we called her Lizzie, and um, <clears throat> she was a big, fat, beautiful baby and gorgeous, like all my five girls, and um, perfectly healthy. So Labor Day weekend, Sunday, I took a pregnancy test. I found out I'm pregnant again. I'm like, woo! I tell my mother, I'm ready to go home and heal and go back to work. And she, I'm ready for a therapist. And she's like, thank God, Katie. <laughs> You need a therapist. You got to stop with the like thinking you can handle everything. So then, um, so that was Sunday. Monday, I packed the whole house. Dan took the girls home. I kept cleaning. So then that night, I was like, I knew I was pregnant. I was excited, and I I remember holding Lizzie and like kissing her neck and and like and thinking to myself, oh maybe I'll have a boy. And then the two whatever. So I'm like doing this in the room, and then the next morning. I go to Target in the morning. I load up the house. There's stuff everywhere from the Shure house, Target. Um, Dan takes them to daycare. And um, 11 o'clock, Dan called me at the flower shop. And there was stuff all over my shop because I had just moved back to work, all over the foyer of the house. And he starts screaming. And I thought a truck was like on top of his chest. I, I was like, what? I'm like, I'm like, what's the matter? What's the matter? What's the matter? And I thought it was him in trouble. Mm-hmm. And um, turns out, I, I, I'll, I'll make this fast. I thought it was, te- they said, test, some test choked at daycare. So we thought it was test, which at the time, test was two and a half. Mm-hmm. So I got to the hospital, and my girlfriend, Lizzie, her action, her name's Liz as well, um, they wouldn't let me in. They wouldn't let me in. I'm talking to everybody in the ER. I'm like, there's a baby coming. Like, she had, like, ponytail. She was, she's a, she was okay, right? They got it. They got it. They got it. And the paramedics kept saying to me, where are you, man? Where? I'm like, I'm around the corner from the hospital. And I'm like, they got it, they got it. And then the daycare provider, Carm, was like, uh, Kate, Kate. And I'm like, Carm, Carm. And we're screaming back. That's all. And then the, the paramedic took the phone off her. They wouldn't let me back. Then they opened the doors. And my girlfriend Liz is standing there. And she sh- she's shaking her head. So I screamed, <sighs> fell to the floor. Oh, God, Katie. And um, I screamed, Tess. And they're like, no, Kate, it's Liz. I'm like, Liz? So, I mean, I'm saying this casually, but it was yeah. very yeah. Intense, yeah. Yeah. intense interaction. And and I looked at this girl, Bridget Maloney. I mean, everybody knows me. I, I, not everybody knew, I don't mean everybody knows me, but people knew my story at Bryn Mawr Hospital. They actually had to bring in um, therapists for that Joni day. Mm-hmm. And then apparently I've heard through the grapevine, same thing with Lizzie, because they, they, they nicely took her to a different, you know, ER room yeah. and walked, walked me on the other side. And um, so anyway... Um, just that with Joni, it was like, okay, I'm going to be more Catholic. Everything happens for a reason. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm trying with Lizzie. It deflated us. Um, I can't even imagine. um, And I'm sorry, she, what happened to her? You said it was, uh, SIDS. She like, yeah. Um, Katie, you, you went from like, you know, taking care of the bereaved to being like just one of the most bereaved people I can, I can even sort of wrap my head around. How, how are you talking to us? Like, you know, like how, how have you found the strength to, to, to rally like this? 
Um, I don't know. <laughs> I have great faith, and I um, I know you sort of know my sister Peggy. We we have a yeah. good person. We have you know everything's got to be like a joke. I have a very tough mom, mm-hmm. who um, you know my husband is very um, supportive. I have a huge, huge, huge community of help. I, I was pregnant, so I had to stay sane and sober. And I mean, I was pregnant with yeah. when Liz died. Yeah. So I think that saved my life. And then, but then when Mary was born, is when I really like had the first experience of like real panic attacks because like I was worried, worried till she turned six months that she was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Did yeah, you just find yourself watching her like a hawk all the yeah, time? Yeah, both of them. Marion, yeah. until they turned like six, seven months, I wasn't out of the woods. Yeah. But now, it that was 2012, and we're in two, I call it the four-year fog. Mm. There was like four years of, I, I, it's sad to say, like I, I couldn't even see their pictures. And your body kind of goes on, um, uh, what's it called? Like, um, um, like autopilot or? Uh, yeah, autopilot, but almost like survival mode. Mm. Like you, oh, into you, shock. You have to survive. So you 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 just put out fires. So yeah. first, you're minute to minute after your first tragedy with te- with Joni. You're minute to minute. Lizzie, minute to minute. Same thing. I now have good days, and then like so, I'll have a whole day of being good. And you're like, oh, and then the worst thing to say to someone is time heals things. Mm. Time time doesn't heal things. Time helps you manage your new life and your new pain, your pain, but it doesn't heal shit. Mm. Like it's that people that say this, I could write a book on several things, but I could write a book on what not to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. when things oh, like this, please happen. write that book. Nobody knows what to say about uh, these things. You say nothing. There's, yeah. there's nothing you say except I'm so sorry. And do you just hug people? Like someone walked into my house and I, I felt their stomach. Now this was with my three and a half year. I could have killed someone with one hand um, through that. Somebody came in and held their stomach. They're like, I had a miscarriage of 29 weeks. I'm like, get the fuck out of my house. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like to compare things like that. Even, even my, well, you know what it's taught me and not you asked the question about being on both sides. What my mother said was when her father died, uh, her friend um, was standing there with her father and said, um, I'm so sorry. I know what you're going through. And mm. she's like, you're standing here with your dad. What mm. are you talking about? Yeah. So you never, ever, 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 even if you did bury your mom, you don't know the relationship someone's had with their mom. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, my leading up to 2011 when Joni died, I had so much knowledge on how to treat people because of my parents and the way they taught us to you never say good morning in the funeral home because it's not a good morning if you're walking into a funeral home (laughs) um so you just say morning Mm. you know what I mean you say morning evening this way that way whatever so all of those little things that I was taught um is a lot my mother Mm. and um that adds up yeah, and then you, whatever. I it just there's no explanation, and the, the, unless you have faith, and I have great faith, and then, but honestly, that's the only thing. But you get angry, 
I could start the St. Jude shop in this house. I mean, I have every, I have books on why I haven't been able to read any books with people give you, people just want to do something and it's yeah. so nice. But, um, when Liz, like Lizzie was born, so I had like 8 million gifts and then she died. So then I'm like, what do you do with these gifts? So like, I don't know. I, I mean, Katie, Katie, what do you do to like, I mean, to take the edge off to do you, I mean, do you just binge watch Netflix stuff or are you just busy with the kids so, and work so much that you just, you keep busy to not think too much about it? Um, it's been all of that. Like after Joni, I think it was the work thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's hard to remember everything, but then the, the Lizzie thing, I did binge watch Game of Thrones (laughs) and luckily we had a, um, we had a, um, a babysitter that just kept Tess busy. Uh-huh. Tess was our main priority through all this right. to keep to keep her normal because I was not normal. Mm-hmm. And we did. She's she's fabulous. She's thriving, and she lost two sisters and was the only person in America that was there for both events. She was yeah. at the daycare and she was at the pool. Oh, and bless she, her heart. Well, this is an interesting story because um, Tessie, when we got back from the shore. After Mary was born, I was feeling better. And we used to always sing Annie and Joni was like, knew all the words of God bless America and all that stuff. And I stopped all that in my house. And then finally was like, we got to start bringing music back in the house, whatever. So we start watching Annie and then, or, or singing Annie, singing the songs. And we have a, we have a video of, of, of Joni singing, you're never fully dressed without a smile. So I, uh, it's the cutest video ever. And, um, so we're watching the video and then we're listening to songs and she's like, let's go. I said, let's go watch it. So we were walking into the living room and Tess said, well, I want to make a video of myself. So when I go to heaven, Mary and Nancy can watch it. So I'm like, shit. That is, yeah. So I said, okay. So I put the movie on, I walked into my husband and I said, um, I said, Tessie just said she wants to make a video for when she goes to heaven. So Dan goes, knee-jerk reaction. He goes, we got to tell her. I was like, what do you mean? I was like blown away. He's like, we got to tell her how she died. I'm like, okay. So we walk back in and she like gets all smiley and laughing. Like, what are you guys doing here? You know, like, why are you in here? And Dan said, how do you think Joni died? And um, she's like, I don't know. And Dan says, she drowned in a very bad accident daddy lost sight of her and you don't just go to heaven Tess it was just a bad accident and um and oh, so she didn't under hadn't processed that an event had taken place it yeah. was just one day she's here one day she's not mm-hmm. oh wow so she, she was only 18 months and then mm-hmm. while when she said that to me she was four okay so then of course you can imagine um she then wanted to know, she's very smart. She wanted to know, well, where was I? Why didn't I see Jenny? Where, and she, so we had to tell her all about the pool where we were. Blah, blah, blah. And then she hit me with, well, what happened to Liz? Mm. So I'm like, we're just a very special family. <laughs> I, like, I, I'm, listen, Tess, I don't know why, but we're just a very special family. And sometimes God just, you know, you it's it's such uncharted territory that no therapist. That's why I'm kind of like, yeah, who do I go to? Because like one therapist that I went to was like, my friend's 18 year old was killed in a car. So I'm it's like, really? Because I'm in a funeral business and I buried about a thousand people. I'm like, so they're just pill pushers, a lot of them. And I just feel like a lot with Joni, I wanted to feel all the pain. Mm. You, you got to go through all that, but 
Is is that because that's all you have at that point? You want to feel the grief because what else is there? Yeah, but it, it, it's pain that you don't wish on anyone because mm-hmm. the intensity of it, like Peggy and I used to lay, like Peggy lived with me and drove me around for about good good six, eight weeks after. And then every morning I would get up at 6.30, in the, like, like 6 a.m., whatever, really early. And I'd be like, Peggy, Peggy. <laughs> and we'd have to lay and stare at each other on the ground in the family room. I'm like, bring me back, bring me back, Peg. Is this really happening? Bring me back. Like, and she, would, we just had to stare at each other in the face. And like, my sisters are. So, I'm so in tight with all my family, and like, I think that's what gets you through it too. Like yeah. your big family, and then you get the moments where you're laughing, and then moments where you're screaming, crying, and it's all of it. Like we're, yeah, we were, we're, we're so crazy love and crazy hate. Like we fight hard, we play hard, we work hard. <laughs> Um, and we love hard. I mean, we, it killed us. Um, so, so yeah. And there's like, I don't know. Uh, just to end, just to be clear to everybody, uh, Katie's sister's a uh, comedian, Peggy O'Leary, um, who's a very funny person. <laughs> uh, but that, that, I mean, that's a remarkable for yes the grimness but the survival aspect it's a remarkable tale of i don't know if recovery is the right word because you're you know you that pain is always with you but survival mm-hmm. um and yeah well i mean what's so i don't know if fascinating is the right word but just that you know you you have to deal with your own grief but to also have young children that you have to kind of nurture through this and explain through the process. My God. It's, it's, I know we're not there yet. I'm not sure how that's going to happen, but there's been a couple instances where we've had like a bleak, like, like knowledge of where not to go with it. Like we Mm. tried to take Tess to the cemetery and she thought she was going to heaven to play with her sisters. So we don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. We're not like my house looks like I have just, kid pictures everywhere i mean there's probably more religious stuff around than most houses but uh we you know we don't make it like it's definitely who we are as a family and i know that on the outside but in these these walls we're we're just a normal family of five with but i know on the outside um definitely it's less and less like times you know less and less that that we're that family but um we are that family (laughs) You, we are. I mean, you guys are an amazing family, from yeah. what I'm hearing. I mean, I just, I can't, I can't wrap my head around any of this, and I'm, I'm kind of just gobsmacked, and I don't know where else to go with this, and uh, I, except to say thank you for sharing yeah. all this. I mean, yeah. well, one, you know, uh, we have to sadly wrap up in a minute because I would love to just keep talking to you for several hours, but um, I don't want to put her through that. No, no, but um, one thing I think occurs to me sometimes because you know you spend a lot of time worrying about the worst thing that could happen, like losing you someone. You the wrong things always. Yeah. And uh, part of it, uh, you know, something like this feels so definitive. Um, do you feel defined by these things happening, by this grief, or does it sort of become, well, this is part of the, the tapestry of who I am and who my family is now, or is it still a process? I think I, I wrote this in my little brief synopsis to you, but my, a woman said to me once a couple of years ago on, if I was at a funeral and she's saying how remarkable I am and this and that, and mm-hmm. it, I, I put up a good front, but there's definitely 
bad times, but this woman, she's the harpist for the church and she's really a sweet woman, very Catholic, very religious. And she said, you know, your tragedies define you, but they can't ruin you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so true because I have, with death, it's so final. And when like, it sucks, but you have to say like, I'm never going to see her again. Mm-hmm. Just know it, Kate, I'm net, you'll never You'll never see Joni again. You will never see Lizzie again. They say divorce is worse than death because it's, it's, um, it's, um, what's what's the word? Rejection. Yeah. Death is done. You're done. Like you just have to say, and believe me, when Megan died, I had to look myself in the mirror. Like you're never going to turn the corner of a bar and run into her. You're never going to see her again. So you just have to say that to yourself and it sucks. That's all you can say. It sucks. Um, well, I'm looking forward to reading your book on all the things to not say to grieving people because um, yeah, you, sh- you should really consider doing that. Um, we'll yeah. we'll find publishers to introduce you to to, yeah, to make that we, we we actually would if if you would want to talk to us about that. Um, Katie, thank you so much for joining us and just sharing this story with us. Um, thank you. We're trying to deal with fear and 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 coping with things like this yeah and, and, and stories really... like this is as grim as they are i mean i i think this i'm i feel better having heard this because mm. it just tells you a little bit more about what humanity is and and what our experience is this is at the far end of the spectrum of of sadness but it's mm-hmm. there well it teaches you not to judge people yeah and and you never judge a book by its cover, but also you let, I let people be who they are. And I, I mean, if somebody wants to have a bottle of whiskey next to them while their dad's being laid out, I'm like, go ahead. Like yeah. whatever's going to get you through the day. I mean, to an extent, but honestly, there's with me, there's no judgment. I don't talk politics with people. I don't, I love people. I love everyone, every kind of person. And I enjoy a good conversation. And that is through how I do get through is I'll just start to, I just talk, 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 talk. I'll talk to anyone and I love a good conversation. And that's kind of how I've gotten through. So people find me, Mm. people somehow find me. (laughs) (laughs) They do. And I, it's great. So it was good to talk to you. I hope I was helpful. Oh, you're wonderful. Thank you so much, Katie. You were amazing. Um, And uh, I hope we get to speak to you again and, and have you back soon. Um, I know you got to get me a publisher, girl. Absolutely. Say, e- email Carol because uh, you know we, yeah, we can, know a couple of people. We can we can like help you put together a proposal and everything. Um, yeah. yeah, just email us. Um, and I, I hope your kids enjoyed the M and M's. I'm sorry to be able to get back to you. Oh no, it's great. I, I can't. I started this episode laughing hysterically, <laughs> and now I'm trying not to cry. So I, this is I, a journey. My pictures of my girls, but I know. Can you even see me? Oh well, yeah, we'll we'll come around. Um, we'll uh, we'll wrap up the podcast and then we'll <laughs> we'll look at the photos. Um, Katie, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us yeah. today. Um, and this has been uh, this Stupid been Human Suits. Stupid Human Thanks suits. for listening. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to CaveComedyRadio.com. dot